studio. I will be joined here momentarily by our good buddy, Greg Jones of LB's Meat Market. Before Greg hops in, I do want to remind you of Davis McCord and the great folks at State Farm. If you need, if you need good neighbor service, if I can talk here, uh, and surprisingly great insurance rates, look no further than Davis McCord. He's your one-stop shop in Tennessee and Mississippi for the service you deserve at the price you want. Give him a call at 901-755-6110 for your surprisingly great rates today. Podcast also brought to you by Transamerica Insurance. They are changing the way that you look at life insurance. They're rated best term life insurance company in 2020 by Forbes, and they offer 10, 20, and 30-year term life insurance catered to your individual needs. You can ask about their living benefits option and get a free quote by calling local agent Drew Moak at 601-953-8449 today. He's licensed in Mississippi, Tennessee, and Texas, among others, and he can help you get started today. Call him, 601-953-8449. Greg, what is up, my man? Oh, man, just uh, glad to be back on the podcast and uh, getting ready for uh, some football season action. Absolutely. I, I told you before we started that I was going to give you the floor to update everyone. I don't want to, you know, they don't, they don't want to hear me talk about LBs. They want to hear it from, uh, from the source. They want to, you know, maybe not seeing how the sausage is made, but they want you to tell them how the sausage is made literally and figuratively. So um, I was there a couple of weeks ago, the shop looked great, had uh, and every rack was full stuff. So um, as we ramp up for college football, as summer is dwindling down, uh, despite the temperatures, um, tell everybody what uh, what's going on at LBs right now. Well, sausage is uh, being made right now as we speak. Uh, we'll have plenty of uh, Swayze sausage and flying pig and ribeye sausage and spicy ribeye sausage. And he just got done doing all the smoked sausages too. So we got the, the smoked spicy Hawaiian, which is that pineapple and jalapeno smoked sausage that's really good. Uh, and some summer, uh, summer sausage that's got that hot jardinier and uh, uh, high temperature pepper jack cheese. And then, of course, we always get the fresh fish on Mondays and Thursday. So we'll get stocked back up uh, on all the fresh fish on Thursday. But yeah, uh, just ready. Uh, you can definitely tell there's some uh, influctuation of uh, people coming into Oxford uh, with the students coming back in town. So yeah, just ready for football season. And uh, yeah, if you could, if, if somebody could turn the air conditioner on outside, that would really be appreciated. Oh, man. Um, so real quick, I, I don't want to bury the lead too much here. And I want to also mention it before I forget, um, with all the latest NIL stuff going around and you've got, you know, the quarterback who is in Texas, who's skipping his senior year to go ahead and go to Ohio State. He announced uh, an NIL deal with uh, a kombucha company in Texas. You've got the quarterback at Miami who has signed a deal with the Florida Panthers. He's going to be working with that NHL team to bring awareness to their social media content and concession items and all this. And then you've got, you know, Ole Miss's own Matt Corral signed with Panini America, uh, the trading card company, and then he launched his own clothing line. Have you broached the topic or the conversation of possibly doing an NIL deal with, uh, you know, the offensive and or defensive line at Ole Miss? Yeah, I mean, uh, that was kind of one of the uh, things that I would like to do. I, I'm still kind of clueless uh, about the whole NIL deal, and it's just, uh, you know, uh, we've done so much with the baseball team. Uh, 
I'd love to uh, get get a ba- couple baseball players or something like that. Um, Wes Burton has already chimed in on my DMs and saying, you know, how great it would be. And uh, it's just, man, it's, it's hard. It's hard to take care of everybody in that situation. But yes, I think it would be awesome to, you know, get the get five of the uh, the offensive linemen together and hold big tomahawk steaks and, you know, say, yeah. uh, you know, uh, here, here's here's the beef, you know, LB's meat market. So, <laughs> uh, you know, just something catchy like that. But, uh, yeah, I would love to do it. I just, you know, just still kind of clueless about the whole deal. And, uh, you know, the more I get educated on, of course, you know, if I had extra money and extra uh, money in my pocket, you know, I'd love to take care of everybody and, you know, and so where, you know, every athlete would support LBs, but, you know, just got to pick and choose the right spot. Yeah. I mean, hell, I mean, we know the offensive and defensive line listen to podcast rebellions. We might've just, you know, sparked a conversation that, you know, might just come to your front door here in a couple of yeah, weeks. Yeah. I so. mean, I, t- um, I, um, um, talk to, um, I'm trying to think who all, uh, uh, Brockers. I talked, uh, I talked to him over a couple of DMS and we're going to try to get something worked out with the offensive line or defensive line, but yeah, we'd love to get some, I'm actually feeding the team as, as, uh, as the lady that called me a snack, which, uh, is going to be consistent of a hundred half chickens, nine bacon wrapped pork loins, three pans of mac and cheese and two pans of green beans and a build your own salad. So uh, if that's a snack, uh, I would hate to know what a meal is. So uh, with that being yeah. said, uh, we're get, uh, we're feeding the football team on the 19th. So that should be fun. And it's always good to, uh, to, get, to get, take care of uh, another Ole Miss athletic team. Yeah. You know, just a little starter for the, uh, for the folks, um, <laughs> yeah. just an appetizer. Just a little appetizer, you know, half of a chicken and, you know, like two, three pieces of bacon wrapped pork loin. No big deal. Yeah. A little snack. So, you know, we'll, we'll talk more football in the uh, second segment. I do want to get your thoughts on the, the season. There's a lot of hype around this team and a lot of excitement year two of Lane Kiffin. But, you know, we talked when I was in Oxford a couple of weeks ago and I, I got to pick your brain. And, um, you know, I think the folks will, will be interested in this, too. So, I, you know. We had a, you know, we, we, we moved, we picked up everything and moved a couple miles down the road here in Nashville. And uh, during the move, the, uh, the always trusty, never let me down Weber kettle, unfortunately uh, did not make the move. Um, we had a bit of a snafu there with one of the legs on the grill. So unless I can figure out a way to fix it, I might be in the market for a new grill. Um, so I wanted to kind of get your thoughts and pick your brain on, we can, we can go from, the basic of the basic and then we can get up to the the bougiest fanciest grill that you can have at home and i just wanted to get your thoughts on you know where where should someone start if they're looking to get a grill at home so we'll start basic and we'll work our way up and get um fancier fancier as we go but yeah so like when you were starting out when you were just kind of working your way through just burgers doing some chicken breasts, some, some steaks, you know, what, what, what do you think is probably the, the starter grill? Yeah. Like, let's go with that. Like the, what's yeah, the, I would the, think, man, that, that Weber grill that you were talking about is just, you know, your basic grill to where you can, you know, start out with, uh, and what's so good about it is, you know, it's a circle grill to where it, you can put your charcoal on one side to where you have a super, you know, hard direct heat, and then you have an indirect heat side. So, you know, a lot of people, 
uh, get gas grills just because they don't want to deal with, you know, the charcoal and lighting the charcoal and getting the charcoal a particular temperature. But, you know, that just that charcoal grill just gives it some kind of, you know, flavor, you know, extra on those steaks and those hamburgers and chicken breasts that just, you know, just hits a little bit different than the gas. So with that being said, yeah, I think that Weber that you we, you were originally talking about that you that bit the dust on you, I think that's one of the best starter grills that, you know, anybody can start out with. So as we kind of work our way towards getting the the fancier side of things, what's your what are your thoughts on on smoking? Um, a neighbor of mine has two smokers, and I was over there on Sunday checking his setup out, and he had some briskets going, and he had some steaks that he had in there, some veggies, some corn. I mean, he had all kinds of stuff. But it, for someone that has never dip their toe in the water of, of smoking brisket or, you know, smoking wings or anything like that. Not necessarily a particular grill, but what's kind of your, your on-ramp suggestion to starting getting into that? Yeah. I mean, you know, there's a lot of different types of smokers out there. I mean, you know, like uh, what we do is we have a commercial Southern pride smoker. So it's one of those big industrial, you know, Mm -hmm. has a a rake that you open up and that sort of thing. Uh, I've seen there's a, um, a, a smoker called the pit barrel and it's just basically like, you know, a, a drum barrel and it's a uh, real compact, very simple. It's a, uh, it's a really good smoker just for just exclusive smoking things. Um, mm-hmm. you know, of course, um, there's other grills like the Traeger where you can have that smoking option or that direct heat option. So, and of course the green egg also, uh, it can be done as a smoker or you can make a pizza off of green egg. So, um, but yeah, if, as long as you just, wanting to get something that's just a straight smoker and to where you just smoke your meats, I would go with that pit barrel. It's reasonably priced. Uh, I think you can get it at Ace Hardware in Oxford. Um, but yeah, just look it up. It's called the pit barrel uh, smoker. It's awesome. It's very basic. It's very versatile. You can pick it up and take it to the park or take it to the beach. And, uh, you know, it's that versatile. So I would look into one of those for just exclusive smoking. Yeah, it looks pretty compact. Um, what I'm looking at right now, it looks like you can get it anywhere from a 14 inch to an 18 and a half inch. Um, you mentioned Ace Hardware, both Ace and Home Depot have it for 350. I mean, that's that's a pretty solid price point there for something. Yeah, like and that. it's a very, and it's it is an exclusive smoker. You know, it, it 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 does all your smoking for you, and you can layer it out. They I know they have a like a, a grill kit that goes along with it that you can put on ske- meat on skewers to where it hangs up. Mm-hmm. From uh, from the barrel, um, so yeah, a lot of uh, a lot of cool things with the uh, with the pit barrel. So you mentioned Traeger, and that's like I, I I would assume that that's like the Rolls Royce of of home grills right now. Um, if you're not getting like you said, yeah, a commercial I mean, it's, one. It, yeah, very easy. You know, all you gotta do is you know uh, turn the knob to the temperature and uh, sit back down and drink. So I mean, you know, that sounds like. Uh, <laughs> Sounds like a pretty easy uh, gig, if you ask me. Uh, But, you know, some of it, you know, it's almost, you know, kind of the step-by-step process of, you know, opening up a beer, you know, letting your coals get hot, finish the beer. You're like, all right, the coals are hot now. I've finished this beer. You know, I got so. I think it's almost kind of like a regiment to do the the charcoal grill better than the the pressure button Traeger. Yeah. So as far as getting into smoking, We'll stay on this here. I wanted to ask your your opinion on 
temperature and all that sort of thing. So when you're smoking, you know, let's say sausage, you know, what's, what's kind of where you, where do you want the heat to get to where it's kind of that, that, I guess the, um, internal temperature. Yeah. I was going to say like, what's, what's the sweet spot for like a perfectly good, you know, it could be anything, not just sausage, but just like, what's that sweet spot temperature that you need to get it to? I I would say 150 to 155. Uh, that's a very, uh, versatile, um, cooking, um, cooking instruction and temperature. You know, whenever you smoke in the, uh, whenever you're smoking the ribeye sausage, you know, that's an all beef sausage. So, it doesn't have to be 155. It has to be, you know, one more like 130, 135-ish. Um, and then we have, a, you know, we make our own chicken sausages. So I like to tend to do the chicken sausage at 160 to 165 just to make sure, you know, it's cooked all the way through. So, um, but yeah, it's just uh, depends on what you're smoking. But that uh, just a basic, say the Swayze sausage, you know, just take it on indirect heat, and just low and slow it and just, you know, you kind of just want to get that heat on the casing because if you go direct heat on a fresh sausage and the flame pops up, it's going to pop that casing and, you know, you're going to lose all your juices and the sausage is going to go everywhere. So uh, on fresh sausages like that, on all like the flying pig, the Swayze, the harvest apple, the blue dream, all those really good uh, fresh uh, fresh sausages that we do, you just want to go low and slow. And then once it gets, the casing gets, you know, kind of some uh, temperature to it, then you can, you know, turn around and put it on the direct heat and kind of get a little char. But uh, pork sausages, 150 to 155. That chicken sausage, 160 to 165. And then that ribeye sausage is an all beef. So you can just do it 130 to 135. The last thing here before we take our break and, and get into some football talk, um, what? So I've tinkered with it a couple times, and I and I've talked with you, and you've kind of you you've you've walked me through the process a couple times, or you know that that's a little that's a little light. I should say you you held my hand through the process a couple times early on when I was trying to perfect the fillet. Well, home, I mean, but. I will say those uh, last two pictures of. Uh, of that, of that, of the meals that you ate, I was wondering what restaurant you were at. You were, you, you told me Mi Casa, and I was like, man, is that, is that new in Nashville? Uh, so looked really good presentation and everything. So, but you can't go wrong with that sirloin and Hoover. That's for sure. Yeah. It, I'll, I'll say this. It, I think I'm doing something right. If my one and a half year old is gobbling up some Wagyu, like he had no, no qualms with it. So I obviously cooked it to his liking. Um, so I've, uh, what I've been kind of sticking with has been a hard sear in the cast iron and then just dropping it in the oven on broil high and then just letting it ride for about 12 to 14 minutes. Cause we typically eat our steaks here, medium, medium rare for feeling fancy. But, you know, if you're, if you're just doing, you know, cooking for one um, at home, you know, what is kind of your, 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 it's, it's yeah, the I, I mean, like baseline, just, how you do it. You kind of just stole my answer. I mean, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a, a cast iron skillet kind of guy. You know, I just like, uh, you know, whenever you're uh, doing a cast iron skillet and you, you can, you know what temperature you're cooking at. So um, this weekend I, we did a beef tenderloin. I took a beef tenderloin over to a friend's house and she wanted to cook it, the whole thing on the grill 
the whole time. So, I mean, you know, it, there's no, there's nothing wrong with that, but it's just, you got to make sure it's on the indirect heat side for a particular time. And you got to make sure it's on the direct heat sometimes. So I usually like to just, like I said, that cast iron skillet, super, super hard on each side to where you can get that good crust on the outside. And it's still going to be about 110, 115 degrees. And then just pop it in the oven, 300, 350, whichever you feel comfortable with. And then just, you know, trust your meat thermometer. That's, uh, that's why they mm -hmm. made meat thermometers because uh, you, you don't have to worry about it whenever the meat, because the meat thermometer does not lie. Well, you need to make sure it's on, on Fahrenheit instead of Celsius. So uh, <laughs> I think, I think, I think Neil said he did that one time and uh, uh, he put it on, he, he didn't realize it was on Celsius. And he was like, golly, I think this thing is cooked. I mean, I've cooked it for a while. So, but yeah, just trust your meat thermometer on certain things like that. But it's always good whenever you, you know, know the cooking, the temperature that you're cooking at. You get that good cast iron sear on each side, got a good real cuss and just, throw it in the oven and then whenever it gets to the proper likings i mean i like i prefer 125 to 120 just because you can you know always cook it some more you know you can't once it gets you know to 140 or 145 you can't take it back to 125 so um i just prefer to undercook uh, my meat instead of overcooking it yeah okay um yeah I, i'm i'm right above that typically um for internal temp, um, just to make sure that I'm getting it right at medium um, for everybody else in the house to like it. I, I'm I, I'm perfectly fine with medium rare. And if it's a really good cut of meat, like everything that you've given me, um, I mean, I could eat it rare. I don't, I, it doesn't oh, yeah. bother me at it was all. Funny. I was uh, watching Hill's Kitchen last night and, you know, of course, uh, I love hearing Gordon Ramsay just go off on these kids. Uh, I, I don't understand how a contestant on Hell's Kitchen cannot cook a, 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 an eight-ounce filet in a cast iron skillet. Like, one guy, I mean, it was just perfectly charred on the outside, and then he sliced it down the middle, and it was, like, purple all the way through. And I'm sitting here, I'm like, surely that guy knows that what's rare to medium rare, you know? So, uh, and of course, another thing, uh, another good tip is whenever you sear it on each side, you know, just put a little thing of butter and put it into, uh, when you put on top of it, then put it in the oven and you get a real, um, good, clean, um, buttery taste with that beef is really awesome to go with it also. Yeah. Um, last thing here before we take the break, um, if you have to pick one side to go with a cut of meat, so it could be a filet, it could be tenderloin, whatever. What's your go-to tried oh, and true side? Man, that's tough because uh, it's funny. Uh, at LBs, there's people that literally just come in and get all the sides, uh, and then they just walk out and not get a steak. So we'll eventually <laughs> we'll eventually open up LB Side Shop. Uh, you know, maybe next door, but. You know, my mom makes all the stuffed mushrooms and the poppers and the asparagus. She makes them fresh every morning. So it's hard not to just want to get all those sides. Yeah. You know, um, man, I I like the uh, the stuffed mushrooms with cream cheese and ribeye sausage. Those are awesome. Uh, I took some of those to the party uh, this this last weekend, and that was, every, that was every, you know, I mean, the beef tenderloin was okay, but – the, stuff, the sausage stuffed mushrooms were the best thing ever. So, uh, and I also made a big old pan of uh, smoky mac and cheese and uh, low, uh, twice baked potatoes also. So, uh, man, it's hard to staple down because, I mean, that's just not really 
a southern thing to just to have a piece of meat in one side you know you got to have like three or four sides in there so uh with that being said those stuffed mushrooms are always a really nice go-to just to have a side but you know grill you some asparagus or make you a nice twice-baked potato can't go wrong with that so i just answered it uh three different things but i can't i can't nail down one that's fair. I mean, you could just have all three. I mean, yeah. I mean, you know, one spinach and cheese mushroom, one cream cheese and ribeye sausage mushroom, an asparagus, and a twice baked potato, and a lane train, and that's uh, the best. The best, I would say, that's that's under I, I, that's under thirty. That's almost under thirty five dollars that meal. Yeah, and it's like a perfect snack for the offensive and defensive line. So yeah, that's right. They, yeah. I think they would probably need the eight to ten ounce uh, uh, lane train special. Uh, <laughs> they would they they would probably eat that uh, that five to six ounce lane train special as a as like a piece of popcorn. Just throw it, throw the whole thing in their mouth. Yeah. All right, we're gonna take our break. Um, hear from the uh, other sponsor of the show when we come back. More with Greg Jones of LB's Meat Market. So hang tight. We'll be right back. It's Zach again, Podcast Rebellion, to remind you of our lovely sponsors here at the show. If you like New Orleans-inspired cuisine, go see Kelly English and the good folks in Memphis at Second Line or Restaurant Iris for some fantastic food and cocktails. You can also travel down to the coast to Magnolia House in Biloxi at Harris Gulf Coast. Blackjack, craps, slots, southern cooking, cocktails, what's not to like? All three fantastic establishments part of the Kelly English restaurant group. Good food, good people, good cocktails. It can't be beat. That's Second Line, Restaurant Iris in Memphis, and Magnolia House in Biloxi. Speaking of good food, if you're in Oxford, go see Greg and the good folks at LB's Meat Market, the inaugural sponsor of this year's podcast, on University Avenue, across from Kroger. Celebrate with the best protein for your almost grilling needs with Greg and the rest of the folks there. And be sure to tell them that Red Cup sent you for exclusive deals and promotions. Remember, the Philly combo is back for just $10 right now. And you've got your lunch specials 11 to 3.30, Monday through Friday. That's LB's Meat Market on University, across from Kroger. Arby's is full of shit. LB's has the meats. Speaking of Oxford, if you're looking to get some libations going, be sure to check out Wonderbird Spirits, North Mississippi's first distillery. It's a quick little eight-minute drive south of Oxford on Old Taylor Road, and it's the only spot in the Magnolia State for a true grain-to-glass gin experience. The space is fantastic. Chan and the rest of the guys there are doing some fantastic stuff. Uh, Go there, get a tour, do a tasting, or you could do both. Inquire about maybe renting it out for a private event, maybe an anniversary, a wedding reception, a rehearsal dinner, something The place is amazing. That's Wonderbird Spirits, North Mississippi's first distillery in Taylor, Mississippi. And be sure to follow them on Instagram for all their latest updates and uh, comings and goings there at Wonderbird. Speaking of libations, if you're in Memphis and you're looking to stock the cooler this year, Old Dominic on South Front Street 
is your place to go. Just like Wonderbird, you can go there for a tasting, for a tour, or both. And be sure to check out the rooftop bar, which is super awesome, has some great views of downtown Memphis, of the Mississippi River. Uh, you can try their Healing Station High Rye Bourbon, the Memphis Toddy, the Memphis Vodka, or the new Honey Bell Vodka. You can get it all there or at your local package store. So celebrate with that Healing Station bourbon, a very small batch high rye bourbon by the folks at Old Dominic. It's a bold classic whiskey with notes of stone fruit, dark cherry, and just the right amount of spice and heritage that dates back to 1866. You can enjoy it neat or even in your favorite cocktail like an old-fashioned. It's got a mash bill of 52% corn, 44% rye, and 4% malt. Healing Station stands alone in its category of high rye bourbons. So you could do that, or you can enjoy a quick taste of Memphis Toddy before the game this weekend, and then you can wind down with that Healing Station afterwards. So, like we always say, ask your pa- ask, ask your package store where you can find Healing Station by Old Dominic. And, as always, OD encourages you to share sip responsibly. And last but certainly not least, if you're in the market for a new vehicle, make it a Clark Ford vehicle. Corey Clark and the rest of the folks in Amory, Mississippi on Highway 25 are committed to finding you a new vehicle today. Be sure to browse their inventory online, request more information about the vehicles, set up a test drive, and inquire about financing all online. If you want to do it a little old school, maybe uh, conversate via telephone, you can give them a call at 662-257-1900 and get in a new Ford today. And we are back here on Podcast Rebellion with Greg Jones, the owner of LV's Meat Market in Oxford, Mississippi. All right, Greg, so today the coaches poll came out, the uh, preseason coaches poll. Um, I don't know if you saw it. Ole Miss was ranked 25th. Um, so I guess just kind of give me your initial thoughts on what you uh, what you think of that ranking and then kind of what you're um, looking forward to or anticipating for this 2021 season. Well, I mean, you know, as uh, being a uh, Ole Miss fan, as, as long as I've been, uh, I try not to get too overly excited because uh, I just I've gotten my heart broken a couple times, and uh, it wasn't by a girl. So, uh, with that being said, uh, you know, the uh, I, I like the Revs where they are. You know, their uh, Lane's coming in on his second year. You know, he's getting the talent he wants on the team, so that really helps out. Also, um, you know, deep. Um, you know, the defense was a cluster, but they improved every every game. And I just feel like this year, you know, if if the defense gets three or four stops, I think we win the game 90, 90% of the time um, just because mm-hmm. the, the offense is just so solid across the board. And, of course, you know, losing a wide receiver like Elijah Moore, you know, you just can't um, insert another O into that spot. But – you know, Plumley can easily do that. Um, and with that being said, I mean, I know we have some other wide receiver. I think Braylon Sanders is going to have a really good year this year. Um, and, you know, I think Mingo, you know, has the potential to be, you know, that A.J. Brown, D.K. Metcalf type. So, uh, you know, the, the weapons are going to be there on offense. Uh, really, I think, it, you know, it's just exciting. It's, it's an exciting product on the field. And it's just something that, you know, fans can get behind and watch and be excited about. 
you know, yeah, the defense is going to, you know, give up some points here and there. But if they can, you know, manage a couple third down stops, you know, that, that helps out the offense so much and, you know, can turn the tide of a game. So with that being said, you know, with the t- top 25 ranking, I think it's I think it's maybe a little high. I thought we'd be maybe 20 just because of, you know, we had some good recruits come in and we've had that that transfer from Oregon, which is going to help out on the line. So there's certain things that, you know, um, that it's, it's, it's try, I'm trying not to get too excited about it. You, know, you mentioned the, uh, the defense and how, you know, it, it's, we don't need to talk too much about last season. Everybody knows that they struggled and um, they, they really couldn't get off the field um, pretty much every game outside of the Outback Bowl and, and the Egg Bowl late in the year. But um, I will say um, Bill Connolly of ESPN released his SEC West preview. And, and for those that aren't familiar, Bill always does a deep dive into his SP plus projections. And he has all these super detailed and thorough analytical statistics that he uses, but his projection for the Ole Miss defense in 2021, he has them finishing 59th in the country. And you know, I was talking on another podcast with Chase Parham of Rebel Grove earlier today, and if Ole Miss is finishing top 60 in defense, if Matt Corral and the offense has the year that everybody thinks they're going to have, I mean, I wouldn't be hesitant to say that that's eight or nine wins right there. Oh, um, absolutely. I mean, absolutely. If the defense makes that big of a jump, I mean, that's at least – three to four more stops a game. And like you said, if they if they just have one or two stops in some of the games last year, I mean, LSU, Auburn, um, I mean, that's two wins right there that I just think of right off the top of my head. Um, it, you know, I don't know if they beat Florida, but if they get a couple more stops against Florida, that game, the whole script and the whole flow of that game changes. So if the defense can have that big of a jump in year two, under DJ Durkin and Chris Partridge, I mean, I think that the sky's the limit for this team because everybody knows how dangerous they are because of the offense and because Matt Corral. And, you know, I, I don't think it's crazy to say that he's a dark horse Heisman candidate. I mean, Ole Miss is going to have to win a lot of games for him to be in the conversation, but he was as good as anybody a year ago. He led the country in total offense per game. And that's on top of having the bad games against Arkansas and LSU. So he still led the country in total offense despite throwing all those interceptions in those two games. So, um, this was what stood out to me, Greg. Bill C. He listed his, um, you know, he does likely wins, toss ups, and losses for his projections. The likely loss, obviously, is Alabama. Likely wins, he has Austin P. Vanderbilt, Tulane, Liberty, Arkansas, and Louisville. All of those games are 67% win rate or higher. The relative toss ups are all in the ballpark of having a shot. You've got Tennessee at 64%, Mississippi State at 60, which I think is a little a little low. Um, LSU at 56, Auburn at 46 and A&M at 42. So that's five games right there that are his relative toss-ups. On top of the likely wins, all the non-conference and then Arkansas and uh, Vanderbilt, that's right there, 1 2 3 4 5 6 wins. So trying to find those next two or three wins and you can turn a, you know, at best with these projections, a nine and three type season. I mean, that's as good as you can ask for in year two of Lake oh, Kiffin, right? 
Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think that, you know, Lane can lock up the uh, governor of Mississippi, right? Uh, if he does not agree <laughs> uh, next this year. But, you know, when, uh, we, when it's the little things that you can tell when the defense is getting better. You know, obviously, Otis Reese is a playmaker on defense. And his last mm-hmm. three games, you know, you can tell that defense had a little bit more spunk or a little bit more, you know, kind of fly around. And, you know, it's players like that that, you know, if you get, you know, play, you know, on the team and you get them recruited, you know, it's it, they can make a big impact. I, I mean, I think the um, Tyrone Malone kid, I mean, yeah, he's a freshman, but, I mean, I, can't tell me he's not, you know, almost a, a sophomore or junior in college, you know, with that frame. So, uh, <laughs> I, just think, I just think that, you know, there's certain key um, parts that they were missing on defense and, they got better at, uh, as as the year went along. I mean, I know Florida was the first game of the year and the defense looked terrible, but, you know, they still had a shot. We uh, Corral, how many interceptions did he throw against Arkansas? Five? Six. Six. But we still had an opportunity to win the game, you know, and it's yeah, just – Yeah, uh, absolutely. Um, it's just certain things that, um, that when you have a high-scoring offense and a, an offense that can score in two or three plays and make big plays – uh, and can swing momentum in a game, you know, you have a shot to win in uh, those games that you're, you know, not supposed to win. I think, you know, with, for me, I can easily see us um, uh, being seven, what, six, five and one heading into LSU. I mean, that's going to be a huge weekend. So, uh, you know, uh, I, I just, you know, just got to, got to, got to stay positive and you got to just, you know, think that, you know, the defense is going to get better each and uh, each practice that goes by because there's a little bit more playmakers on the defensive side. And I think that, you know, uh, you turn the ball over here or there and uh, make a couple defensive stops on third down. I mean, with that type of offense, that that's huge in games like that. Yeah. And, you know, I was looking at the statistics here, um, you know, kind of getting off to a rough start early in the year. Uh, Ole Miss jumped from 68th in offensive SP plus all the way up to 14th uh, as the year went on. So the offense only got better as the year um, progressed. So if the defense can have that kind of jump in year two, I mean, I I think that this team, it's not out of the realm of possibility for it to be a huge year um, for this program. So um Last thing, Greg, before I let you go, we're talking football and we're talking projections for this season. Where do you have Ole Miss finishing win-loss in 2021? I mean, I, you know, I, I think, you know, those those games that you listed out that are probable wins, you know, I, I don't see us losing those games. Um, the, uh, the probable loss out to Alabama, I mean, yes, I can see that. But, you know, it's not like, you know, previous games with Alabama. It's not going to be 54 to 10. It's not going to be, you know – 52 to to seven like we're going to be a competitive with Alabama and uh you know there's going to be some Alabama fans that, uh that are going to be real scared next year coming to Oxford if uh we keep everything intact and uh everything goes to, as planned so um I think the program's going as is going forward uh we're going to be competitive in every game we're not you know regardless if it's Alabama or or any any other top team but I can see, I mean, I can see uh, us beating LSU. I mean, I can see um, the Auburn game. You know, the Auburn game was, eh, you know, it just, we kind of, 
there was a couple plays that didn't go our, our way. And, you know, and that's, that's how it goes sometimes, but, you know, I can see us uh, playing real well uh, against an Auburn, against an LSU, against the Texas A&M and beating those teams. I just don't, I don't think us see us, you know, losing that game bad, but if everything goes right, you know, you can, if you, if you, we go, if we go, this is my thing. If we go into Atlanta and we beat Louisville by two or three touchdowns, I think there's going to be a lot of teams in the SEC that are going to be really worried about Ole Miss. And that's all you want to do is you want to make, you know, make other teams worry about you because, you know, um, nothing against Matt Luke, but, you know, not a lot of teams are worried about Ole Miss uh, three or four years ago. There's a lot of teams that are worried, are worried about Ole Miss now because of Lane Kiffin and that offense. And like I said, get a couple de uh, defense playmakers, you know, on the defensive side of the ball. There's no telling what can happen. So, uh, but yeah, just real excited and real uh, enthusiastic about it. I know a lot of people that, you know, missed out on the Grove last year are itching and ready to come back and, uh, you know, hang out in the Grove and hang out at Vault Hemingway. And it should be a really good year. Absolutely. Well, Greg, we, we can't thank you enough for your time and uh, filling us in on grilling and, and then also talking some football. We'll have you back on as the year goes on. And uh, you'll have to keep us updated on the uh, NIL situation with the uh, the big fellas up front. So um, thanks to Greg. Thanks for everything he does for the show. Thanks to him and, and all the good folks at LBs for, for keeping us fed and, and keeping everybody in Oxford fed as well. So we'll be back later this week with more Podcast Rebellion, talking football, getting ready for the opener against Louisville. But uh, until next time, for Greg over there, I'm Zach. This has been Podcast Rebellion. Thanks for listening. We out.